2: An interesting point you make using the word preferred because that's the beauty of the English language. Would you prefer that I yell in your ear or touch <laughs> your eyeball? You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nine out of ten people preferred me touching their eyeball. It's way better yeah. than a trip uh-huh. to the proctologist. Welcome to this podcast. This is episode 34. My name is Timitra, and I am in Toronto, Ontario. And I'm joined, as usual, by Jonathan Kuline in Mississauga, Ontario. Hey, how's it going? And I'm also joined by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? I was supposed to say, How's it going, Jonathan? Come on, that's that's Jaime's thing. Oh, sorry, let me try again. Uh, <laughs> what's up, eh? What's up, eh? What's what's going on? <laughs> sorry, is hosers. That more suitably <laughs> Canadian for you? I guess. I don't know. It's sort of like, no, actually, uh, what would be suitably Canadian? I mean, you could call people hosers for sure. What's a poutine eh? Well, big, what, what, what would Bob and Doug McKenzie say when they're, when they're greeting each other? Good day, And welcome to SpotCast. Yeah, good day, eh? Welcome to SpotCast. That's perfect. All right. And I think um, Wayne's World probably did the same thing, right? Yeah, something like that. All righty. Well, let's dig in. So we have some fact checking. I think Jonathan's got the fact check this week. So how oh, yes. about you?
0: All right. Well, uh, I'm going to start at 5.30 of uh, episode
2: what 30. 0.2? Oh, that's me.
0: That's you. you. Do you want to do that one?
2: Yeah, I don't know why I put zero 0.2. It was right, I guess i was right at the beginning into the show two minutes in two
0: minutes in okay
2: yeah the detective i was talking about in gotham is jim gordon who eventually becomes commissioner gordon which is which is the he's playing the role as a, as a young cop Great. i forgot that when i was when when we were talking because i haven't watched the show in a while but yep. and jonathan points out that, that that he did say gordon in the in the episode and that's what i heard but i didn't hear commissioner gordon right. so or jim gordon i guess right? anyway so right. carry on with your no problem
0: uh so five thirty in uh we were talking about resident evil apocalypse uh part of it being filmed here if using our- our uh, beloved Toronto City Hall, and uh, yes, con- can confirm it was the second of the six film series. We weren't sure which, which
2: one it was in the order there, so I looked that up. But why would you call it Apocalypse if it's the second film? Uh, because I think they're all apocalyptic in their way. Oh, I guess. Okay. All right. Carry on. Uh, about
0: 30 minutes in, we were talking about the new disco t-shirt, and uh, that is the Command Training Program t-shirt, the one with the gold lettering. Is that right?
2: Right. Yep. yep. And uh, New Little Insignia, too.
0: Yeah. Um, a- around 40 minutes, we were talking about... Uh, Uh, Majel Barrett, who uh, was, of course, uh, Nurse Chapel in the original. She was the original pilot. She was number one. That's why we were talking about her, because the new number one, uh, Rebecca Romaine, was in the uh, episode of uh, Discovery we were talking about last episode. And uh, Majel Barrett, we were trying to figure out how many things she appeared in. So I I looked it up. She did appear in the original series, uh, the pilot, the original series. Uh, Next Generation, she was, of course, Lwaxana Troy, uh, Deanna Troy's mom. And the computer, too, right? uh, Yeah. And the computer, right? She did the computer voice. And then in DS9, she was Lwaxana and the computer voice. And she was Nurse Chapel in the cartoon series. Right. Uh, the 1970s cartoon series. Uh, but I looked it up to sort of see, because I did—I was curious as to if they had used her voice. Because I couldn't remember what the computer sounded like on Discovery. I don't think we've had a lot of interactions with the computer. But apparently the computer is being voiced by Tassia Valencia, uh, who once appeared on the first season episode of ENG. Uh, episode 19 which is the one where uh, they go back to the planet, they go back to Earth, and the weird alien monsters are inside the Admiralty, and uh, Remick is there, and very memorable first season episode for being bizarro. Anyway, she played um, T'Channik, who was uh, Vulcan in that episode, and uh, her her previous Star Trek claimed to fame, and now she is the computer voice in Yeah, I was saying
2: it would be kind of cool if, if, uh, who was it? Oh, number one was Rebecca Yeah, Rebecca Rebecca Romijn was the computer voice, but Mm -hmm. yeah apparently mm-hmm, yeah. it's this woman instead yep. mm-hmm. uh,
0: 112 uh, of the last episode we were talking about Phantom Menace and the trailer and the hype around the trailer uh, when it first appeared so uh, I looked up the details and uh, Phantom Menace debuted originally uh, in three on three films uh, it was on the Waterboy and an, um, Sandler comedy uh, it was on Meet Joe Black the Brad Pitt drama and it was on the Bruce Willis thriller The Siege and apparently it was on those exclusively for the first three days and then it rolled out across uh, north america and canada uh, north america wide uh, on uh, a few days later so uh, yeah it was apparently the, the this, this piece about um i think it was den of geek did a great piece that i was reading they were talking about how crazy it was that people were going to see these movies and just watching the trailer and then getting up and leaving because they weren't allowed to get refunds so the the movies like meet joe black had these hugely inflated uh ticket sales but people were like going in and there was nobody left in the theater after the first five minutes right,
2: right yeah mm-hmm. but, yeah so I looked it up. I looked it up because I do remember because I used to go to movies all the time with my buddy Ken, and um, I remember them telling us as we were buying our ticket that you won't be get a, get a refund if you if you leave. And I was pretty sure it was Wing Commander that I saw. Was it 1999 when when because as I said, Wing Commander was the video game yep. movie with with uh, Freddie Prinze Jr. Yeah, and it was horrible. Um, starring the
3: movie Nathan. definitely came out in 99. I'm unclear when the first trailer came out
2: though for for uh, the Phantom Menace. You mean yeah, hmm. yeah.
0: I think it came out earlier in that year
2: yeah well i have to say that's actually my one of my favorite start Star wars um trailers because that's the one where the the you have the mists and those those creatures crawling out or walking out of the mist oh yeah it was a, I, I
0: remember the trailers so i so much more memorably than the movie i remember thinking like wow this this trailer really has be got be me amazing. excited yeah. um but yeah it's unfortunate that it uh it didn't have quite the staying power yeah. as, as a film mm-hmm. uh and and our last bit of fact check from last episode Uh, in the watch list we had said what's this age of persuasion i can't remember what you were referring to me
2: yeah yeah oh this is yeah this is my actual comment yeah i i always i always say the age of persuasion so terry o'reilly had two shows he did the age of persuasion first for a couple of seasons and then he changed the format slightly the show's practically the same thing and it's now called under the influence so i always make the mistake of calling age of persuasion when it's actually called under the influence
0: and this is the cbc show slash podcast
2: yes yes exactly All right, so let's dig into the headlines then, and Jaime, you go first. All right, well, um, it was
3: announced that Ultraviolet, the digital streaming and download service, would be going away, and you have until July 31st to preserve your libraries through alternative means. And the second link we'll have for those of you transporting at home is uh, how to safeguard your library, which is apparently very easy if you're in the US of A, because you can just use movies anywhere and have that. I was unaware that still to this day, this is USA only or movies anywhere, the service. So apparently you may or may not have options like, um, looks like Fandango now, Voodoo, Kaleidoscope, Verizon Fios. I didn't even know they offered that, uh, Kaleidoscape and Paramount, I guess, has its own thing. Do any of those apply to the Canadian audience?
2: I don't think so. For mine, I get them through an app called Flickster. And if you're familiar with Flickster, it's a, I think it's an American app, but it used to be for just checking out f- uh, film times and film reviews and stuff, but they started out this Flickster video thing. So a couple of, it, it really annoys me. I, I've gone ranted with Jonathan about this in the past that, that, um, you know, you go and buy a disc, like even, even Blade Runner 2049 is in this situation. And so is my Batman, the whole Batman uh, series. Um, it's stuck inside this, like the only way I can watch it is using this Flickster app on my on my phone or my iPad, but and I and I can't get a like I can't put it somewhere. I, I would love it if they would just convert it into iTunes and be done with it because that's where all my other movies are, right? yeah, so. yeah I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I have a pile of movies that are ultraviolet, some of which, uh, all of which you can watch through
0: Flickster right now. And I'm curious to see what happens through that because they all seem to still work through there. Um, there is um, looking it up. Warner Brothers released an app uh, not long ago where you could watch the. War- Warner movies that you have downloaded through your collection through Ultraviolet on their on their app so really? I know I can in watch Canada? yes in Canada I know I because I know I can watch um some of the DC uh live action films that I have and cartoons that I have in Ultraviolet on there and I know I can watch I think I have a couple of maybe Harry Potters or something um hmm. so some of those that are like Warner Brothers films you can actually uh enter your link to your account and watch them through that I don't know if that's continuing or if that's that's a service that's going to be discontinued because of its connection to Ultraviolet, but uh, it is a real pain in the butt because it is annoying to have a split collection and not be able to have the kind of aggregation like you do with movies anywhere in the United States.
2: So why is Ultraviolet going away though? They're just running out of money or something? Can't compete with apples? That's a good question. I'm trying to remember. Um,
3: I don't recall. I think, you know, competition as a natural thing is starting to cause some of these to fall by the wayside and um, Disney He's coming onto the scene. So that's, that's going to cause a lot of pressure for some of these streaming services.
0: Yeah, there's a couple other players in the market that weren't there before because it was Apple was always the big one with iTunes. But now um, and I noticed this last it was at Christmas time. I got a couple of movies on 4K Blu-ray and they were ones that previously. So I got Deadpool, the original Deadpool movie when it came out on uh, blue regular Blu-ray disc two years ago. And it had a download code that was for iTunes through Fox. But then Deadpool 2 came out and I got that one around Christmas time and it had a download code for uh, Google Play. Oh, really? And, mm-hmm. and it, it was i think it was one of two or three movies I've gotten over the last little while that has transferred from being Apple to Google Play. And I think they're all Fox movies now that I think of it. I think it was all things that, that previously I would have gotten through Apple that have shifted over to, to Google Play. And I know that there's some other things that, that only work through Amazon's player now too. So iTunes, Amazon, and Google Play have sort of taken over the market. Um, and I think Ultraviolet it just was becoming i think especially losing license support by places like fox studios i think that's just the end for them
2: right oh that could be a that could be why yeah i mean i have to blame the the film studios for choosing they must have to choose the the, the company that's going to publish their their goods right absolutely um and I'll, i guess now when disney buys fox and you know blah 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 blah, blah buy so and so that's what happens but i want to take a sidebar for a second and ask you about these 4k because I, I did notice that you were buying 4k blu-rays because they borrow them from you time to time right yes but so the are these meant to do you, do you have to have a 4k yeah, I guess you have to have a 4k player to play those right do you have do you have one or are you just investing in the future no i do i do when i oh, purchased okay. my uh I, I bought a bundle because unfortunately both of my
0: television sets died simultaneously so last year my son and i went out looking for a deal um to replace both of our television sets and since we were buying two television sets uh the nice person at the electronics shop that we went to uh threw us in a 4k player at cost so we actually nice, got yeah. it was like not much it was like $90 or something like that for a 4k player it's a samsung it's very nice um and so i am still a little dubious on the whole culture of um uh digital content ownership and i think this is a perfect illustration as we talk about ultraviolet um right yeah you own it but you don't you own the right to download it that's what you own you only own the right to download it you do not own the right to stream it ad infinitum and so the 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 real answer is that in spite of of the millennial instinct to not own a physical copy of anything short of, I don't know what, a vinyl record. Uh, If you want to have something and collect something, you have to have a physical copy of it still, because all that other stuff is, is ephemeral. Nebulous. Yes. Serial. So I am still of the mindset that there are some things, and for me, it's, often uh, science fiction movies things that i will that i will want to watch in the best possible quality that exists for the the foreseeable i will say eight years that the technology that it exists on exists and so i don't mind buying a copy of whatever star wars or deadpool or any of the marvel cinematic movies or whatever it is and enjoying it at its best possible quality um especially because i tend to shop i go look around for deals and stuff like that so i try to try not to spend full freight because some of these 4k discs are crazy expensive but um, yeah, it, it just, the, the fact that this is happening is not surprising to me and it's infuriating because I, I think I probably have a good 20 plus movies on Ultraviolet. Um, and now what? Like, so then they're just gone? Like, I paid for that, you know? It's not a freebie, it's not a throw-in, it's part of the cost. A- and, you know, I would like to be able to say, you know, yeah, it's great that you're going away. Can I please have a download code for one of your competitor services so I can continue to enjoy my digital movies, please?
2: Yeah, I like to pull the, get off my lawn claws too from time to time and, and say like i i like to have tangible goods i mean that's that's a thing too right because i've been I, you know, I'm, I'm coming up on my 30th year using a mac and it, it just burns my butt that i cannot de- i can't deal with the, the data that i created 30 years ago right yeah. like i have file formats and stuff like that on the mac because back in the day mac didn't have file extensions and stuff like that i have to have an old archaic mac in order to open those files up and then hopefully convert them into something that i can use in future and the same thing goes with you know all of our v like we don't have a vhs player in the house anymore it'll I think well we have maybe one um, or no I think we took it at the cottage and just walked away from it but yeah so I have v- we had to get rid of all our VHS tapes because you know even though they're movies that never made it onto DVD or what have you um, over time this stuff gets lost and and you know I called the Bruce Willis clause with with the iTunes thing because he took on Apple about the fact that that he can't give his kids his collection of movies when he passes right mm-hmm. um, so and he made a big stink about it and that's when it was kind of revealed around that time that you actually don't own the movie you just you just you're licensing it if you will right well and so the reality is you, you
0: you can download them and put them on a server and somebody can watch them as long as they have your yeah id but then apple would tell you that that's unscrupulous because it's not yours it belongs to someone else i'll leave it open to people's interpretations whether that's true or not but well, i think it's unscrupulous that you thing. can't tr- if something you you own that you can't transfer if i can download it then i don't i own that copy no because that's not what you purchased
2: yeah yeah same, same thing with me mm-hmm. like I, I i bought the f- uh, first Man disc or first man movie on itunes but i can't lend it to you to watch it right yeah
0: exactly come to
2: my house and watch
0: and that's again that's still the plus of the physical disc is if you have somebody who you you know regularly interact with you can say here watch this again i still get uh our municipal library system here in mississauga is exceptional they get you know brand new blu-ray movies in and you can reserve them and you can watch them i watch movies from the library all the time uh you know that is a perk i mean obviously my tax money goes towards that but like like you can actually get reasonably good modern new movies and enjoy them because you could actually take out the physical copy and enjoy it like those That's kind of things true. are
2: fleeting, it seems yeah it's exactly I forgot about that yeah well speaking of digital content Jaime, uh, mean, how is Hulu gonna ruin our lives now <laughs> but, but 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 people prefer this
3: um, according to their statement which I have I have a lot of thoughts about um, so apparently Hulu is going to show users ads when videos are paused um, apparently they tested both videos video ads as well as static basically jpeg type ads and their statement here says our pause ad research found that consumers generally preferred ads that were subtle and non-intrusive and that <laughs> extensive audio and video and pausing was considered disruptive i don't think that's accurate i'm pretty sure they hated it less <laughs> if i were yeah. to guess <laughs> nobody really likes the ads i mean even the picture here they're, they're going to be working with uh, coca-cola and Charmin first and uh i mean at least it's sort of thematically on point i guess i don't know what's behind the screen here but i Looks like it could be something scary, and so yes, you might need a break and enjoy the go for Charmin. Have <laughs> I mean, we just crapped your pants from this scary part of the movie? <laughs> Um, true, I'm a little less true. clear how Coca-Cola works, but uh, sure. I mean, I, I think it's terrible. I mean, it, it, it feels inevitable because, you know, the money is there. I fully expect this to be on the uh, the lower uh, tiers. It will eventually make its way to the premium tiers, I'm sure. Um, I, I feel like I'm just yelling at the wind <laughs> about well, but it. But it, it's I think an interesting, interesting point dollars. you make
2: using the word preferred because that's the beauty of the English language. Would you prefer that I yell in your ear or touch mm-hmm. your eyeball? <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. Nine out of ten people. People preferred me touching their eyeball. It's way better yeah. than a trip uh, to the proctologist. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Some people might enjoy that, though. <laughs> I prefer it.
3: Yeah. So I... I don't really have much that we can really do about this other than voting with your dollars. If enough people, and it takes that more doesn't than just work. One, I'm sorry. And enough people to say, hey,
2: this is terrible. Let's not do this. Let's move on to other things. That doesn't work. People people get elected into office that shouldn't be elected into office because, you know, people think, ah, it's not, my vote's not going to matter. It, people like quitting Facebook and all that doesn't matter to a hill of beans, you know?
3: Yes, that is that is true. It, when you get to that scale, it becomes just, you know, they call it CAC, cost of access. Cost of customer acquisition, Um, and I think, you know, you you can't do tons about that. It's more of a start shoving your dollars towards whoever you feel is uh, not abusing this privilege. Like, I don't know, maybe Netflix, maybe Amazon. That being said, though, we we, we
0: joke all the time about the glut of... Uh, streaming services that are being rammed down, particularly your throat living in America, Jaime, uh, you know, y- you may start actually making that, those decisions based on, you know, the convenience, inconvenience or frustration you experience in, in, in how you interact with them. I mean, we have two primary services here in Canada that are uh, Netflix, obviously, and Crave, which is um, uh, uh, HBO HBO Now. I think that's what they call it in the States. HBO Go, HBO.
2: HBO Go, HBO Go. HBO
3: there's, Go. there's both, and I think one is the online-only streaming. Streaming service and one is the companion to having the cable subscription.
0: Well, in this case, you kind of get best of both because you can watch it on your TV or you can watch it on your device. All the back catalog of HBO Plus, HBO Live. It's pretty good, but the flip side of that is that um, the interface for it is not good. It's it's not a good interface, like the how you find things, how you search for things. It's it's not a it's not as intuitive as some of the other experiences. I've had it. The App Store for sure. It's really it's. Not well done. They do have amazing content, and and for the price, it's actually quite a good deal, and and you know would would be a bargain um, by anyone's reckoning. But if you can't find what you're looking for because the the way that it's architecture works, then is it really that great a service? And I, I think again, you you know you vote with your dollars. If you have six or seven streaming services and one of them infuriates you because you can't find what you're looking for, are you going to keep that service?
3: It's a good question. I think just voting voting with your dollars is the best way that we can I do I this that. Sort of stuff.
2: Like I said, I'm, I'm doubtful of that, that being a tactic that works.
3: I mean, I think, you want, well, maybe if you start, you know, a Facebook group.
2: of like, I am. Oh, that'll help, too, yeah. <laughs> this Hello, Facebook, is the, go the
3: Godzilla King of the Monsters theory of how to deal with these giants is to pit
2: them against each other,
3: <laughs> take out the winner once they've been weakened. <laughs>
2: Yeah, from now on Hulu will be known as Mothra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think only Elon Musk can take on um, who's the guy that owns Virgin Airlines. Um, oh, Bra-
0: Branson? Branson, Branson. Yeah,
2: only only Elon Musk can take on Branson. Yeah, yeah. That's the only fight that's worth having or watching, right? Yeah. Because otherwise you're like you're like you know the zombies in in Tammy's favorite movie um, um, World War Z. God, that's her favorite movie. That's like no, she hates it. Oh, good, because it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but but you know all the zombies running up against the wall and all piling on top of each other. That's that's yeah. a bit pretty much your. your your, your analogy in, in like a sort of a, a real form, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Facebook is the wall sort of thing, or what are you with your dollars, right? Anyway, let's move on. What's happening with Star Wars?
3: Well, um, this article sort of starts out with the reminder that the Disneyland and Disney World expansions to their respective theme parks called Galaxy's Edge, which apparently depicted the planet Batu. I don't know I don't know if they've ever said that anywhere, so I'm not sure how that's pronounced. B-A-T-U-U. And there will be a tie-in book, uh, Black Spire, which will apparently be about General Leia trying to dispatch her top spy in a desperate search for a resistance allies. So, presumably this is post um, The Last Jedi, I would guess. And there's also talk of mm-hmm. a young adult's novel, Clash of Fate, but a young boy named Jules, that's an interesting name, who grows up I'm about two, so it seems like this will be a a key sort of place. I kind of wonder if it will, you know, hypothetical players will be for episode nine. Um, who knows? But you know, it's going to be a long trip to get to Disneyland or Disney World. Um, I think in the summer and fall, respectively. Um, don't quote me on that because I probably have it wrong. Uh, but you're probably taking a train or a plane or possibly an automobile. That's why we have fact check, there. right? <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have fact check. um But you know, pick up one of these books and then you know read it while you're commuting there or traveling there.
2: All right, oh look, it's my turn, um, yeah, so Terminator six it's coming out, and um after yeah, um. <laughs> huh? Boo? Boo. Yeah. Apparently Arnold's gonna be in it. Oh good. And the news and it's a different it's a it's taking a completely different um a different uh, form. It's, it's it's throwing away the last two movies and just starting off again. This is James Cameron, of course, in, in behind this. Can and it throw away the what? last three movies? huh. Can it please throw away the last three movies? <laughs> yeah, what's that I meant? Uh, it's getting rid of the, the everything this is a follow up to Terminator Two, I believe, right? Great. Anyway, um, apparently uh, Linda Hamilton's coming back mm-hmm. to play Sarah Connor or something. Oh, in mm. her walker with her walker in her shawl. Oh, hope he never did the Hamilton. <laughs> Met her once, but there you go. Yep, all right. I just broke the
0: uh, seal on that one with my 15 uh, year old son the other day. We j- sat down and watched the original Terminator. Oh yeah. Hmm. He was he enjoyed the movie very much, but he a couple times he was like, "Man, this, this is not
2: a high quality picture." No. But yes. No. Yes. Well, in 1983 <laughs> it was. So you know. Well, my introduction to the Terminator was Terminator 2. Actually, I didn't watch uh, the original Terminator until I saw Terminator 2. So, yeah, and I didn't see Terminator Two in the theater at all.
0: Terminator oh, that was such a good movie theater movie.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, because I mean, I already knew about morphing and all that kind of stuff already. But yeah. anyway, oh, well, so speaking of uh, this, is kind of follow up as well as um, as well as uh, uh, headline stuff here. But apparently, uh, we just missed it. But Al Reinhardt, who's the who's the director who made the movie for All Mankind, which I was going on about last week, uh, there's a post here on CriterionCut.com. dot uh, He died in January. Uh, January. 4th actually at the age of 71 so there's a, a post here about him and the making of the movie and, uh, and all that kind of stuff so it's mm. Alan Reinhardt and you'll be excited to see that the, the Disney Aladdin trailer is out with Will Smith as the uh, as the mm-hmm. genie and all I got to say is what? <laughs> and yeah. You'll never sleep again if you see it, it be, right? <laughs> it's creepy, it's creepy as hell <laughs> yeah, got, like, Oh I know, I know, I know it ruins the whole uh, Robin Williams uh, genie which was just uh, over the top, right? Yeah. Um, and I got to see the Pikachu trailer the other day. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, we, we saw um, it a while back. Oh, did you? Okay, well, I hadn't watched it because I, I, I saw it as part of a conglomeration of movies coming out this summer, but uh, so I... I had no frame of reference, but yeah, it's, it's basically the the kid is got this ability to understand what Pikachu is saying, because so all other people hear is Pikachu, Pikachu, Pikachu. Um, but uh, yeah, so he hears Ryan Reynolds, uh, uh, maybe he's channeling Deadpool or something, but yeah. yeah, he hears Ryan Reynolds as as Pikachu's voice. So,
0: so you guys had seen the trailer already? E.? Yeah, it's it's bat crap crazy. It's it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's kind of like happy with Pikachu, right? Yes, but but everyone could see <laughs> the Pikachu. <laughs> they just can't hear the Pikachu. Oh that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, I, I honestly like words fail me. It's just it's just so weird. It's just so weird. I can't believe it's but, a thing and I beyond that, we already talked about the fact they've already commissioned a sequel and it hasn't even come out yet. Like I just <laughs> I can't even. The Detective
3: Pikachu cinematic universe. Is oh my god. Surely something we'll be talking about one day.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have to go lie down.
3: <laughs> the, the Kelvin timeline well, wait, of the Detective Pikachu. You're telling me 20 universe. movies
2: already? It seems just yesterday it started yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right i well i guess keeping in the theme of movies we've got um the captain marvel retro website that has come out and it reminds me of the good old days in 98 99 probably when you used to have uh hit counters and guest books and they were things like info and media that you might click on on a. Uh, actually, it, it's reasonably right, well yeah. designed. Actually, for that era, um, it's not as uh, obnoxious as uh, as I remember. You know, GeoCities and you know, WebJump and all these other
2: sort of things. Um, and all the, yeah, all the sort of flashy things. By the way, I just want to point out that I still have a hit counter on my website. Ooh, is it still is it still going up? You didn't roll over. I roll over
3: to what? Because uh, I think it would have been like um, I don't know, maybe it would have been like a sixteen or a thirty two bit uh, digit right <laughs> that it would roll over to oh really
2: hmm I mean, I'm just trying to yeah. think
3: of uh, you know JavaScript back in the day,
2: mm, yeah, or, is, or CGI,
3: um, depending how you, how it was done. Oh, you know,
2: I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, it's at the bottom of my bottom of the IT guy website um, because I started that site in 2000, so I just left the hit camera on it, so in the, in the corner. Yeah,
3: I have to but check that, it now. your your site is like actually frozen in time. In this case, I think they just styled it to look. Oh yeah, yeah, so of time, no, no, but I sure. think it's done no. with modern web technologies as opposed to the Space Jam website, which is still up to this very day, really. <laughs> Yeah. In all its marvelous late nineties, early two thousands
2: sort of goodness. Neat, have to go look at that. All right. Space Jam. Reminds me of Space Ghost. I used to watch that when I was a kid.
3: Yeah, we might actually have some listeners who don't know what Space Jam is because it's old enough that <laughs> some of our listeners may not know. Well, our, our biggest fan probably doesn't know what it is. Yeah, it was uh, the combination of the uh, greatest player of all time—that would be Michael Jordan, not uh, LeBron James or Steph Curry, whoever you fancy. pants, <laughs> new kids believe um, in a live-action slash animation hybrid with the Looney Tunes characters. That would be Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, those kind
0: of guys. Hmm. Yeah, and they are apparently talking about doing a reboot with LeBron James. So, yeah, because <laughs> some oh. things just need to get rebooted
2: yeah it's got it's got frames this website crazy huh spacejam.com no i guess it's warner brothers archive space jam whatever that's the one you're talking about
3: yeah and I, I i think if you do view source and other things it's still using the the older tech but i i assume under the cover somewhere they've put it in a virtual machine or a docker container or some other
2: sort of thing to keep it oh, running. maybe maybe yeah yeah it does it has the dot htm extension right which is fun? Uh, good old .htm versus .html. Remember those days? Yeah, guys? I was a .html guy, man. because Windows was evil. Yeah. Oh, it's my turn. Um, so we got news this week that uh, we're losing yet another cast
0: member from The Walking Dead. Uh, Danai Gurira, who plays Michonne, is apparently, uh, is apparently making her exit from the show uh, midway through season 10, which yeah. uh, is going to be coming mm. this fall. Uh, so we already got news that Andrew Lincoln, of course, has already departed. Lauren Cohen has apparently dropped off the show because she's doing another show and uh, was apparently having contract issues. Um... Now, The Hollywood Reporter has this story, and they say that apparently she's going to, uh, a that is, going to appear in a limited capacity for season 10, which starts in October, but apparently she has signed a deal to appear in one or more of the three Rick Grimes-centric movies that AMC is planning with Andrew Lincoln spinning off the show. So apparently we have not seen the last of her. However, she is not going to be a series regular once again. So the two stars of the show, having lost those three and killed off everyone else, will apparently be Daryl. Uh, which is Norman Reedus' character, and Carol, Melissa McBride's character, they are going to be the sort of uh, central characters of the show going forward, uh, which just, once again, hammers home for me why, I, again, I stopped watching it a while back.
2: Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I didn't even make it through the last episode now that you mentioned. I just I watched it on Sunday when it came out, and, and I think I stopped watching it halfway through. Um, but, you know, so so Daryl could just get a motorcycle, and Negan could get another motorcycle, and they could just tour around like they do on, you know, on the other show that um, Dar- that um, Norman Reedus does. Norman read rides or something like that oh yeah the one with the motorcycles yeah what's that called I, I, I remember seeing the commercials where I'd never seen it yeah yeah but it's him and him and uh, what's his name Harry what's Negan's name real name Harry Dean Stanton is that right I don't think so Jeffrey Dean Morgan Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dean Morgan Jeff, I was so close, was Jeff, so close. Yes, yes
3: yes <laughs> <Those three names. laughs> it's turning into a zombie uh, Starsky and Hutch sort of uh,
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> buddy show <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> yep Taking
2: out the whispers.
0: Yep. Uh, Another piece of news this week. uh, The Star Trek animated series, which we had talked about on a previous episode, apparently is uh, looking like it's zeroing in on a home. Uh, This, too, from The Hollywood Reporter, they say that uh, the kid-centric animated series for Star Trek is near a deal with Nickelodeon. Um, So we had talked about the fact they were looking at a few different uh, future projects, and um, apparently this one is... uh, they're, they're doing that lower deck series, which Jaime had mentioned a few episodes back, which is going to be uh, a little more sort of adult centric. This one is going to be uh, a little more kids friendly, and uh, they're, I guess they're going to try and draft in a new generation, uh, a la Clone Wars, or uh, you know maybe even younger than that, by, by going after the Nickelodeon crowd. So interesting Trek news. Hmm. Interesting. I
2: thought you were going to say it was stalled in contract talks or something. New. No,
0: apparently, it's uh, apparently they're negotiating that. But that, that looks like where it's going to go. Hmm. And uh, the other piece I have here is that uh, we a couple more castings. So we talked in the last episode about Dune, this uh, Denis Villeneuve uh, remake or new version of Dune that's coming, uh, which is loading up on stars. We already talked about uh, the fact that they have uh, uh, Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya and all these people that have signed on to play all these different parts. Well, this week we got uh, news of one definite more and another one possibly. Uh, so Josh Brolin, of course, uh, cable and thanks knows himself uh, has signed on and will be a part of the cast and we got news today that jason momoa is apparently in uh, talks to be joining the cast as well coming off of the one billion dollar uh, box office hit that is aquaman so this movie is apparently throwing everything in the kitchen sink at this cast um so pretty exciting that not only are we getting uh you know the visionary that is Denis villeneuve and i think we're all
2: fans of his i think uh on top of that it sounds like this cast is going to be stacked top to bottom Pretty cool. So I have some news. I watched the 1984 version of Dune just the other day on TV so after we talked. Oh, and how and how does it hold up? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I understood the story this time a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't quite as interesting as the book. Cause the book had sort of played out played out the sort of mystery of, of who, um, what's the name of the, the main guy? Oh, Atre- oh. Atreides? Uh... Yeah, Atreides, yeah. Yeah. Um, how he, how he plays out, you know, in this, and the death of his father and all that kind of stuff and the Baron and, yeah. um, I mean, the, the special effects were, were sort of the, you know, the typical green screeny kind of stuff that was so obvious green screen and, you know, the I, people, the, the people and the natives of, of Arrakis had, you know, blue eyeballs and mm. stuff like that. Some interesting, interesting actors in it, like, you know, like we talked about Patrick Stewart, but, uh, the, that little lady, I forgot her name now, um uh plays one of the one of the natives in it. But and you know, Sting was just sort of I think Sting was right off of Quadrophenia, so there wasn't much acting involved from Sting, right? Um but yeah, it's sort of he'd sort of had that Billy Billy Idol kind of wild look about him. Um yeah, and it was just it was just it was just odd. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I mean again, we we talked about David Lynch. David Lynch, obviously a visionary, but also like a little unhinged. Um, well, so it was, it was it, that said, like when the good point about the David Lynch bit, it, it was very much looked like something like Geiger kind of had done the sets. Like it yeah, was, from that point of view, it was really well done. But you yeah. know, like very futuristic, and the suits were very futuristic, and that kind of stuff. But yeah just an odd story i think i think the uh, having read you know three quarters of the book i think the book is much better obviously right well yeah so. yeah
0: but yeah you're even that one you know it was a bit of a who's who's i think you were looking for linda hunt is it linda hunt that was the little one the little little woman yes right yes yeah, linda yeah. hunt yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i'm just looking through the cast list now and it, you just look at it of, of that era it's, it's a pretty impressive cast you know kyle mclaughlin and richard jordan and virginia madsen and uh you know of course sting we talked about sean young a young sean young max von Sydow. um you know Know, Dean Stockwell, Patrick Stewart, like there's just quite a quite a cast
2: in there too. And uh, Sean Young was right off. It was like the year after um, Blade Runner too. That's so. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. cool. All right, sorry, sorry to steal the show. Back to you, Jaime.
3: Oh, me. So. um Marvel is going to do a uh, multi-series animated initiative called The Offenders, yeah. Not to be confused with The Defenders. Um, that will be several series landing on Hulu. Uh, it's kind of interesting that they're going with these nuttier characters, and the writers will be people that you'll recognize. So the four series are going to be um, Howard the Duck with Kevin Smith and Dave Willis writing, uh, Modok, M-O-D-O-K. Yeah, the perhaps one of the weirdest ones of the bunch. It's the giant floating head if you yeah. know the jack kirby Stanley style of that era of weirdo characters um there you go that's uh who's the writers Patton oswald and jordan blue then hit monkey the the first of the characters that i'm not familiar with uh with will speck and josh gordon and tigra sorry i guess it's the maybe there's a the i'm gonna call it tigra and dazzler show dazzler i recognize as being like the 70s maybe 80s uh, x-men character uh kind of on the fringe and tigra i don't specifically remember even though she looks very familiar from her character designs which will have um Erica Rivanoja and Chelsea Handler as the writers. Yep. And even the mm. design for Dan Dazzler kind of looks like it could be modeled after Chelsea Handler now that I look at it.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, tiger was uh, an Avengers character. She was uh, a longtime member of the Avengers uh, in the comic books and the video games, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, she's uh, established. It's a weird, I don't recall the two of them ever being partnered up in any occasion before. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I heard this the other day. Pat, Pat Noswell was, uh, was putting this out on his social the other day. And uh, of course, I I'm a Kevin Smith fan and, uh, and a Patton Oswalt fan as well. So I'm very, very much in on this. Again, it's a Hulu thing in uh, the United States, um, but that obviously doff- offers no benefit to us here. We have no idea where this is going to air in Canada. So uh, i be curious to see where this uh, all plays out here, because right now it does not seem to have a Canadian home. Um, and this does, this looks too weird to miss.
3: It's very strange. It's like, wait, what's going to be next? You know, so Marvel is, con- you know, via, or I guess Disney via Marvel is largely consolidating things and Hulu is kind of a weird in-between because it's, uh, what's the lineage here? Disney via its acquisition of Fox ends up owning a rather large chunk of Hulu, like two thirds, yes. I think we said at one point. Yeah,
0: it'll be, yeah, they'll own two thirds. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So it seems like they're treating it like their Miramax equivalent where, okay, the kid-friendly stuff goes on Disney Plus and if we still want your money for more, you know, slightly older, maybe young adults to actual adult type stuff will be on hulu um where you don't yeah. have little kids thinking oh here's this duck no don't don't watch "Howard the duck kids it's not donald duck it's not the yeah. duck it's not for you it's a little
0: yeah. bit more mature it does make you wonder about did, so they have freeform too right this is freeforms where they are airing uh, like cloak and dagger and um i, I wonder mm, if those mm. kind of things are going to migrate um to like a consolidated place as you say if there's going to be sort of different channels for disney products
3: yeah it, that, that's a really good question um i don't know on. runaways next. is a
0: hulu series right so runaways yep. is there but then freeform's showing cloak and dagger and then this stuff's going to hulu but then some of the stuff they've got in progress is going to disney plus i wonder if at some point they're going to start sort of trying to figure out as you say if there's like tiers like you know the four to four to twelve the thirteen to twenty four and the twenty four plus or something yeah. Yeah. And clearly none of it's going to be on Netflix anymore.
3: Yeah. I think that battle line has, has been drawn. They're slowly canceling or, or ending every sort of contract they have with, uh, with Netflix. So vote with your dollars, folks, if you want to see, um, <laughs> if you want to see the reunion of Chris Pratt and Anna Faris starring as, uh, who Jubilee and Galactus, um, as they pair up on their merry adventures, yeah. but with your dollars, yeah. All right. Frozen two. Yes. Um, I'd be shocked if you're listening to this episode and somehow did not know this was like on the nightly news. (laughs) (laughs) Locally, it was like, "Hey, remember Frozen? One of the you know uh, most successful movies." Too soon to say, let it go. (laughs) At least. At least, you know, the people were looking at the downsides. I'd say, look, at least when your child listens or watches on an endless loop, you won't hear the same movie more than every, you know, hour and a half. So it gives you a little bit more variety to the playlist. Um, but this teaser trailer is actually kind of weird because it's kind of more dark and moody mm-hmm. um, with Elsa on the beach trying to. Uh, Iceman her way um, over to somewhere else. It's really unclear what her goal is, whether to to cross or to get to a specific point. Um, but definitely seems like it's uh, not focusing on the uh, happy fun time parts
2: of the movie. Interesting. All right. So the last one here I have is uh, a piece I just found actually while we're wa- while we watching the show earlier. Uh, I don't know if you heard or rant, but uh, Rogers messed up my p or yeah, I guess Rogers messed up my my PVR experience today. So I had to actually sit through commercials. So while I was on the co- while the commercials were playing. Um, I found this article on what is Section 31. Uh, and uh, it's interesting because uh, uh, it, Section 31 is one of these things that we, as we know, or we may may not know, that it doesn't officially exist. And, of course, you know, uh, Philippa Georgiou and uh, um, Ash Tyler are part of it. And I think, uh, um, what's her name, Admiral blah, blah, blah. Cornwell. What's, Admiral, Admiral Cornwall is also part of it. But it turns out that, that uh, Section 31 has actually been in or mentioned in other uh, episodes, other versions of Star Trek as well, right? So mm-hmm. um, it was not mentioned by name in. Oh, it comes. It actually comes from uh, the Starfleet Charter, Article 14, Section 31, which uh, allows for extreme, extraordinary measures to be taken in times of extreme threat. So that's what their, their sort of Black Ops uh, um, mission's all about. Um, let's see, it was in Deep Space Nine. Um, what else is it mentioned? Uh, some of the movies it was in as well. Um, it's mentioned in, uh, oh, yeah, Julian Bashir's. They tried to, to get uh, Dr. Bashir to join Section 31 at one point in DS, Deep Space Nine. And um, I think they mentioned it was also in uh, the Enterprise series, but not by name. So, mm-hmm. so there you go. You know, anything else about Tuft- Section 31? Did you guys have a chance to look at this? No, I didn't get a chance to read that one yet. I do, I do remember it from
0: uh, the DS nine episode, and I do remember it from from Enterprise. I do remember it being sort of referenced that it was a thing prior to Discovery, um, yeah. but not like I remember them being the sort of the yeah the CIA of the, the Starfleet. But, but clearly, we're going to get a little deeper with it on uh, on Discovery here. And I then think this it was like
2: the second or third episode of of um, this series of uh, Star Trek Discovery. We saw a guy with a black. Um, a calm badge and that was pretty much um, all they sort of mentioned about it. It was at the end of one, epi- one episode yeah. in the first series first season. Alright, okay, so we're on to the main part of the show, which is while we're here, folks to talk about the latest episode of um, Star Trek Discovery Saints of Imperfection, I believe is the title, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so why don't you uh, give us a sort of a, a semi rundown there, honey?
3: Yeah, the, the Netflix description of this episode would probably be uh, Tilly is trapped in the mycelial network and Michael Burnham and Stamets race to try to, you know, recover her. Um I, I guess, you know, spoilers like that's probably the the one you would see in the in the trailer uh, if you've seen the episode, you have a lot. So I'm going to I'm going to use Jonathan's term here from our show notes the uh the room. Yeah, <laughs> Last episode had the uh cocoon type thing that sucked in uh Tilly and apparently took her into the mycelial network which reminded me an awful lot of the quantum realm from uh Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm. That, that's sort of the, the vibe I got there.
2: Oh right, yeah. I got Still,
3: Avatar. You know, I, I
0: got the planet uh, from Avatar with the things all glowing and everything.
3: Right, right, right. So there's, there's definitely, you know, you can imagine there what it looks like if you haven't seen. And um, it sort of starts out with, they're like, oh, look, we're, we're catching up to Spock's shuttle. And, oh, what's he doing? He's trying to avoid us. Okay. They, they shoot at it to sort of disable the shuttle. And they say, all right, let's bring him on board. Well, It's not Spock. Dun, dun, dun. It's uh, Empress Jojo, who uh, everybody except Except Pike <laughs> uh, is unaware that she is not retired Captain Georgiou, uh, and she's now part of Section 31. So now we get to see, um, I don't know what he was, like a ca- commander or captain? A I think Leland. they said Captain
0: Leland. Yeah. Okay, they called him call Captain Leland, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So he's got his little, you know, phone call to Pike. He's like, hey, guess what? Um, you need to give my person back. This is not cool. You can't be, can't be hanging on to them. Um, apparently, Georgiou's real identity is known to Section 31. Uh, she has a little bit of a tense moment with Michael. This whole time, sort of on the second story, you have Stamets figuring out that Tilly was transported and... Uh, Tilly is also on like the third line of sort of like storyline here where she's with the mushroom, and they're like, Oh, this is where we live. We just like, you know, normal everyday mushrooms. We break down matter and decompose it. And that's how the cycle of life continues. But there's this monster thing that is disrupting our way of life. And you guys, you being the disco crew, uh, and Stamets in particular, you puncture this hole into our realm and you are the ones who are causing us to die here. So you need to, you know, solve this. Meanwhile, um, you know, George o sort Say of goes, meanwhile. Merry way. <laughs> <Meanwhile>, <laughs> George o goes in a merry way. Meanwhile, George goes in a merry way the section 31 folks send over a liaison who dun, 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 turns out to be ash tyler pike is like what the hell is that all about why did you react that way when you saw him um Bradham says mm, i can tell you but I, I can't tell you now we just just bear with me on this one i have to kill and you, eventually yes. sorry i, I tell you but him. i have to
0: kill you yeah
3: <laughs> eventually we get to like the main part of the meat of the episode where stamets has figured out like okay if we halfway jump into the mycelial network so jump but without a destination destination Instead of crossing through for a few milliseconds or microseconds, forget what he says, and then popping on either side, we can we could stay in there, and like halfway there. So they like a half you know, a jump, sort of, yeah yeah you know, they like move everybody to like everybody to the to the port side <laughs> yeah <laughs> or, or the starboard side I guess now they think about it, the orientation the the show yeah and they need to make sure they don't touch the uh like half realm of the muscular network because they'll end up all twisted like the people on the Gresham I forgot what the the other ship was that was a sister ship at Discovery where people People were all torn or up that, like, first No, no, it was no, the no, one from the, the first season, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. the, the other experimental ship where they went and they, you know, saw all these yeah, twisted bodies. Right. And so, okay, so the funny moment of, hey, let's use the disco as a doorstop to jam open the doorway and, yeah. and let you, you know, you've got an hour because the mycelium network spores are going to start eating away at the hull of the discovery and we won't be able to survive it's interesting
2: anymore. that the second time they've said you have an hour to do this, right? Like, you know, you were talking a couple of episodes about, you know, how they have to solve all their problems in 40 minutes or something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you just like look at the countdown timer for how much time is left in the episode and, and use that. It's like 24. Yeah. You have 24 minutes left. Um, and uh, actually rather quickly, the Stamets Burnham crew end up reconnecting with Tilly in the Mace room. Uh, turns out that uh, they've discovered where the monster is and the Mace room is like very unhappy. He's like, you need to kill it because it's hurting us. And dun it's Dr. Culber who looks like he's not doing so well. And apparently it turns out that he's been using this like leaf or bark. I forget what they said. Some sort of organic material to coat himself in like a little like bit of armor because the spores are trying to do their thing to decompose them. And it burns every time they touch them. Uh, But that thing, that material that he's using hurts them. And so that's why the Mation was very mad. And so there's a little bit of a moment where Tilly and the Mation have to have like a heart to heart of like, hey, don't kill this dude. <laughs> the dude is very important to us. And there's more drama when they try to escape out of the, the network and realize that um it looks like Stamets and Culbert can't be reunited because Culber can't exist outside of the network because the way he got there anyway was sorta of weird. Remember back to season one when I forget exactly what happened to cause stamets to be sort of drifting in and out of lucidity and, and like become the focus point of the network. Um you know that's when he finds Culber who had just been killed by Ash Tyler slash Voke and he, in retrospect, had kissed him. And that material had somehow been pulled in through that sort of nexus into the mycelial network. So that's how Culber is alive in any sort of way. But it's almost like, like a transporter reconstruction sort of thing, like the, the typical transporter. And eventually they figure, all right, so you have this cocoon thing that you use to get to there. Can we use his human DNA to reconstitute him, the missing piece that you don't have in your realm, and send him back through the cocoon? Um, and ultimately, that's what they end up doing. I totally missed it, the fact that, uh, meanwhile, the discovery was sort of a sinking ship, sort of sliding into the network. So everybody sort of has to move away from the scary blue wall of doom. You yeah, move over to they... part this time, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the uh, section, you know, uh, Tyler uses his, you know, nifty little comm badge to call to a section 31 ship and be like, yo, you need to tow us out of this or keep us stable from going into it. And he does, you know, it's kind of a cool little uh, hologram cloaking device type thing. The ship opens up. It looks to me, I, eyes looks a whole lot like the romulan bird of prey i think they called it mm-hmm. that had sort of that styling i wonder mind. if it's a
0: stolen ship that that would popped into my head too i mm. wonder because it's yeah. cloaked right i wonder if they stole a romulan ship oh true yeah 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 it was disguised as a big meteor or something like that right yeah yeah it looked like a, an asteroid or a meteor or something sorry i mean, didn't mean to derail you there but no no yeah.
3: um my we just watched this so my, my notes are sort of all, <laughs> all over the place uh, we just
2: watched it too
3: you know there's drama around you know oh they trying to use the track Beams to hold the discovery place is gonna blow up our ship, so we're gonna cut it loose. And is like, "Nope, we're gonna do this other thing that will give us a little bit more time." And I'm gonna use this knowledge I have about you because I hacked into your Facebook profile, yeah. and so I know I know that you're guilty of this thing that you said is not provable. Convinces Leyland. All right, let's go ahead and give them more time. People make it through. Culber is sort of reborn through the cocoon, uh, reconstituted. um Pike is like, "Dude, what the heck, Tyler? You stay here." I'm going to go to the other ship and chew out Leland or Leland and who should show up there. But Admiral Cornwall? was like, Hey, guess what? You two need to work together to solve this problem because there's weird special things about this uh, red signals thing where we have detected tachyon traces, which Cleveland says, oh, that could be cloaking. And Pike says, oh, that could be time travel related. And so they're both sort of like going to have to work together um, where each has sort of acknowledged that, yep, you know, I'm trying to stay on the pure path and it's, it's more clear to me, but recognize that there are less clear paths and dirty things that might have to be done for the better good. I imagine we'll see some conflict between these two characters in subsequent episodes, and we cap it off with uh, George sending a uh, hologram call to Michael Burnham, and really boils down to the uh, scorpion to the frog type discussion where yeah. George is like, hey, "Yo, I'm I'm totally not going to kill Spock. I just need to make sure I find him before all the other people who want to kill him do." And uh, Burnham does not seem convinced that, uh, referencing the fable of the uh, scorpion who wants a frog to take them across the river. Uh, spoilers the frog dies because the scorpion stings the frog and the frog says why did you do that? Dude, that that's totally dumb we're both gonna die it's like well i really can't change this being the scorpion i can't change who i am in my nature and that's
0: pretty much where we leave off for this week yep yeah. uh, the only other thing to add is that ash got assigned to discovery 2 permanently or more more regularly now so we, we're sort of back to where we were midway through season one with cobra back on the ship ash back on the ship it's like the gang's all there wow i missed yes. that part yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they basically, uh, Leland says, you know, you're going to you're gonna keep Ash on your ship. So Ash is staying okay. aboard. So just to make things extra awkward, they'll have uh, Burnham's ex-lover slash uh, the secret double agent who killed Culber in the first season, just to mix things up as it all comes back together. Sure, sure.
2: And just as a, as a sort of counterpoint to this, I was watching um, a video uh, interview with um, Wilson Cruz talking about Star Trek Discovery and about his coming back this was actually produced, it was released three days ago, which I thought was kind of like spoilers. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he talks about, uh, this, you, you've got it in your notes here about resurrector gays, but yeah, he's, yeah. uh, he's what he, he, likes to call himself an actorvist where he, uh, because he's, you know, obviously a gay actor or gay, gay person in real life. Um, he talks about how, you know, the, there's a bur- bury your gaze trope that's in, in films and things like that. And like the last, you know, few seasons for the last few years, a lot of, there's been a lot of mass. Secured um, LGBT characters, especially women characters, um, they seem to be expendable, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he, talked about, he talks. It talks. It's a half an hour long. I only watched about ten minutes of it, but uh, he said, you know, the whole point of they seem to be the easiest people to kill is what he said in the in story. But so, it, in 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 that whole thing, they kept. You know, uh, when he when he was initially um, to leave the show to be killed by Ash, he was told that he'll be back next week. So you know, you know, cool your jet so you're not you're not gone yet and then um so they brought him back for like a snippet in the the episode after that, and then and then he was told he would be coming back some in some shape in season two, but they hadn't figured out how yet. So so I guess to try and you know placate his his uh, sense of, um, of victimization, but then again he did understand that he said that his character was actually in, in the Hugh character was actually in service of Paul Stamets' character, right? So it wasn't that Culver necessarily was to be a, a long-term character on the show, but more to sort of act as a, a support for pa- Paul Stamets' character right so or um, rap Anthony rap Anthony Rapp, yeah to support Anthony Rapp's character so, yeah interesting so that's if you're interested in sort of figuring out what was going on with Wilson Cruz uh, check out this uh, this video I'll have a link in the show notes for you
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see how that character evolves I mean, we talked last week about sort of you know where some of these characters are now I mean obviously you know Ash having sort of uh, you know having to leave Kornos and uh, leave his lover and his baby behind uh you know on, on with the monks and what that's going to do for his character we talked about um what that's going to mean what happened last week with saru uh his evolution of of losing his ganglia and what that's going to mean for that character and now we have got this sort of uh you know the trauma that had really gotten to uh stamets. stamets at the beginning of the season was talking about leaving discovery and taking another job and and now obviously the, his circumstances changed having his husband back so that changes that character's arc and so we're, we've got some interesting sort of uh uh, futures set up for these different characters and what where they can go with them next it's it's interesting the way they continue to push and evolve these characters all things being equal again it's been a pretty short amount of time that we've known these characters but they've they've all sort of come a long way it's it's kind of uh, a real testament to the writers and and the actors who are performing so well that uh you know they can they can change the status quo they make us invest very quickly and then change the status quo and bring us these new things in a fairly tight order and and uh, it's quite compelling
2: it's well done yeah and it's- it's interesting, that they don't go through the whole sort of like if you had just watched the show, if this was the first episode you'd watched and, and you know, uh, uh, Giorgio just showed up, you'd be like Christopher Pike, you wouldn't know what the backstory was and why, you know, why she's so why other people are so suspicious, suspicious of her, and why, like, for instance, Michael Burnham takes a second or two to, to drop her phaser when they're pointing at the, at the shuttle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then of course, she's got at some point she's gonna have to have this longer conversation, as she calls it, with, with Christopher Pike about uh the reality behind ash and and uh and Giorgio, right so yeah yeah interesting but is it cool that that uh, ash has this this uh next generation uh com com badge and christopher pike goes what the heck is that you know <laughs> yeah. yeah the of, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> tap to control uh com badge that's yeah. pretty good yeah. yeah 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 what kind of com badge is that yeah where'd you get that thing yeah exactly is that the new japanese cell phone <laughs> yeah you know mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so here we are at past episode five now still no spock right so uh, spoilers um i went to imdb to sort of i was doing some research for, for the show last week and they have um they have little so don't do this if you don't want to be spoiled but they have little um, pictures like to sort of for each like like sort of a highlight picture for each of the postings and there's a picture of Spock later on i'm gonna that's all i'm gonna say um so clearly he does appear in you know in character at some point in the future but it's not it's not this episode it's you know it's a few episodes out still so that's my prediction they're going to drag this along and again you know you see that the the, last week i talked about the fact that every time a transporter you know you can see the glow happen and you're waiting for the reveal of who it is i'm expecting to be spock and last week it was number one and then of course this time they they capture the shuttle and the door opens and it's Georgiou, not spock right you know so they're 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 stringing us along here you know yeah you almost feel like you're being trolled a little bit yeah exactly well i think we are that's what i'm saying right yeah you know, you have, tune in next week. You know, it's kind of the old Batman thing. You know, next same bat time, same bat channel. We assure you, Spock is coming. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> waiting, waiting for Godot was what this thing is. You know? yeah, that's right. Waiting, waiting for Spock. Yeah, yeah.
0: But it's good. I think uh, you know. I mean, beyond whatever lasting effects this has on Tilly, you know, and her connection with May the base room, um, you know, they obviously feel like they created this very strong bond, having been literally inside of one another that's kind of weird um but this feels like it's sort of the the wrap-up of this sort of arc that's been going on for the first few episodes of uh the mycelial network the the you know what's going on it was tied in with stamets It's tied into tilly um it feels like that sort of wrapped up in a nice little bow now obviously we're going to get the the fallout of that with you know Culber being back on the ship and that but it feels like we're sort of ready to start a new phase of the season with the next episode because that had sort of been the lingering thing for the last few episodes right 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 yeah Mm -hmm.
3: i do think they're setting things up sort of longer term because a lot of folks um you know just to to mention online are like not super happy with like hey the the spore drive and the sort of being out in the open for section 31 versus the way that uh section 31 and sloan were in particular were sort of presented in deep space 9 i'm speculating here that They've sort of given us the hint here with the Jacep, you know, Mace rooms living in the mycelial network realm, that that will be sort of the, like, ethical impetus to shut off access to the mycelial network. Yeah. Uh, at least in terms of jumping and like, okay, well, this is why, you know, Voyager couldn't just use a spore drive, or uh, the Defiant couldn't uh, get its whole fleet of buddies with spore drives, you know, drop in front of the Dominion homeworld, blow it up, and then be back home in time for tea, right? Yeah. Um, I also think that Section 31 being... Slightly more out in the open here. I, I could one hundred percent foresee that um some big sort of political thing is going to happen, and uh, officially it no longer exists. And then it's like, nope, actually, there's still a little line item in the budget here yeah. for you all, and then you'll be back in the shadows, sort of thing. I think that's how they'll reconcile these uh, different sort of threads that don't map neatly to sort of established canon.
0: Yeah, I mean, we missed your perspective on the last episode. We did our our, uh, our twofer episode uh, in thirty three, episode thirty three of. SpotCast. Uh, what's your overall take on the last sort of three episodes uh, as a whole? Let's see here. Uh, an obol for obal. I'm not sure how that's pronounced
3: for Sharon. Uh, obol um, for Charon, yeah. Yeah, referencing the, the coin, I think, that you give Sharon to get across the River Styx, for the land of the dead. Hmm. Reminding myself what ended up happening here. Look at my notes. Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's when everything goes wrong with uh, the uh, the computer system and they can't even speak to each other properly because Universal Translator is translating their language at all all sorts of weird wacky things that they don't understand. Yep. And they look out that uh, that Saru had the the premium uh subscription to Duolingo <laughs> yeah, <that's> New- right. <laughs> <laughs> and was an overachiever given his status as uh, the singular member of his uh pre warp society. Um yeah I thought that was <laughs> I wrote here that Saru had the meat sweats Um, I had to mention that because he wasn't feeling well um, as they were sort of figuring out the the entity thing and how it was trying to communicate with them Um, I thought it was I think the note that I wrote to myself was it was a blend of style so we talked about I think it was episode two that was the Jonathan Frakes episode that was very much uh, an old school Star Trek Star Trek the next generation style Mm -hmm. very tricky Trek sort of episode and We've had other episodes that are more in line with the uh, fast-paced, go-go-go, action-heavy uh, discovery style. And I think the last episode, the prior episode, was kind of a blend of two. You had the, oh, they have to use some logic, some science, some sort of, you know, figuring out and being explorers to, like, ultimately resolve the problem. But it did also have the go-go-go, oh my gosh, you know, Suru extra melodrama, he's, he's going to die because this thing has triggered his, um, Bahari? what do they call it? Oh, yeah. So something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, use use this knife that I stole from my sister <laughs> as a memento. Um, use this to cut off my ganglia and end my madness. Uh, and now he is a different character, hypothetically, right? He won't be driven by fear. And he knows that his you know, society's uh, viewpoint on on their life cycle is is based on lies. Mm-hmm. And I guess spoilers for the next episode. I don't know if you guys watched the trailer for episode six, but it looks like we're going to See exactly how that plays out in terms of the Baul and Kelpian uh, interplay and interaction between those two societies. So I, th- I don't know, I thought it was pretty good. It had some, you know, some funny stuff like when they started speaking Klingon to each other yeah. and didn't have a clue. You know, uh, hey, our our consoles in Arabic. I don't read Arabic. You know, what's what's going on here?
0: Yeah, and the uh, the the banter between uh, Stamets and uh, Tignataro's Jet Reno was pretty fun too. That was this whole sort of uh, uh, science versus faith, right? right right right, and, and that's right and that's a good point
3: because uh jay reno's like what's with this fancy pants spore drive thing like good old dilithium always works right sort of engineer perspective and stamets was like no 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 like you know how non-green it is and how many planets have been destroyed by dilithium mining and spores are clean they are the renewable energy version and i think that's where they really set it up for sort of the tail end of the episode and the beginning middle of this episode of like oh it maybe it's not as clean as they thought it maybe Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be using the spore drive thing, um, even though they had you know, good intentions for science and doing cool things. Um, there were unintended consequences that they were impacting this other uh, set of life that they didn't
0: know about. Yeah. All right. Now I give you the ultimate task. Defend the last episode of Orville. <laughs> so that would be... <laughs> A happy refrain. Episode six was the last one. So there's a new episode the, tonight. Or the Orville,
2: the Orville, the Bachelor episode. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It, okay. So it's I definitely disagree. Uh, it differ. Not, not even disagree. It, it differ in opinion um, on the Orville versus you know my colleagues here on the show. So is
2: the doctor <laughs> flying solo in that episode?
3: That's a good question. That, that, that is that is a that is a question that philosophers will talk about for the end of time. <laughs> <laughs> um about the I mean we talked about Yafit and you know the space kissing stuff and the implications of that. I think the uh robo kissing here, for lack of a word or Android kissing. Well, he's not really an Android, is
2: he? I guess robo kissing here. Um yeah, he's it's from unclear. of, of me- mechanical like that's the thing. He's he's not just a robot. Yeah, he's, he's not a, not a like mechanical data. life form, right? Yeah, but he comes mm-hmm. from a planet of mechanical life forms, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. It, it's definitely an episode that if you saw the TNG episode where Data, you know, has a very short-lived relationship with one of his crewmates. It, it starts or, yeah. there. No, no, not, uh, not that particular relationship. I mean, the it, like relationship. There, yeah, there was one where he
0: had an actual relationship with a crewmate later on, like season three or four or five or oh, something.
2: He's, he's dating her or something yeah. like that? Yeah, 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 and yeah. Jordy for advice. I saw bits of that, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that
3: one was done more you know, in an academic and philosophical way and... This was more of a, again, with the theme of the Orville, where it's sort of the, imagine they were blue collar folks uh, in a typical nine to five job and people sort of reacted that way. So even uh, I, I, I liked the twist, uh, you know, the, the bit of innovation on top that um, Isaac was like, oh, I'm looking at this purely for data. And he ends the relationship <laughs> like the minute after they have made a uh, robo love there and says, yep, I've got all the data I need. I'm, I'm done here right and everybody sort of knew that that could be a possibility like hey he he can't he literally cannot love this is probably not the best partner even though some time ago i mentioned like hey remember that terminator (laughs) thing i said about you know from terminator 2 like the terminator was like the best option as a father for john connor i kind of got that sort of vibe for hey um dr finn has struggled she's a single parent isaac is great with her kids if only in sort of a tactile sort of way. And the in my mind, I felt like they did a pretty good job of showing like how everybody else would react to that sort of thing happening um, in a more of a like oh my gosh we can't wait to tell our crewmates what the hell you know uh, Gordon and Lamar were like running trying to beat each other to the bridge just to like tell the the company gossip sort of thing yeah and there are just some moments, like when when they tried to get Isaac to uh, or, or Isaac's like oh how do I break this off you know properly like, oh okay we'll make the other person not want to be with you and there's there's isaac in his his uh tank top and tidy whities with beer
2: <laughs> being the most you like a wife beater don't you yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah
3: the most obnoxious sort of like stereotype of here's all these things that couples would really you know talk about and and argue about but in this weird robotic sense of like she's like excuse me like as i am incapable of stuttering i can only surmise that you heard me <laughs> right Yeah, i love that line <laughs> I, I love that it, it was such a memeable episode that I maybe give it more of a pass than uh, like looking at it from a critical analysis standpoint. I, I'm not going to be like defend it as being more than uh, uh, you know, the ultra calorie chocolate cake. It's not maybe good for you. I think if you enjoy that sort of thing, you're going to enjoy it. If you don't, that's okay, too. <laughs> I'm sorry you individuals, had to, you poor folks had to uh, suffer through that without me giving my perspective on it. But yeah, you've given it, it.
2: about 10, mil more, 10 more minutes than we gave it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we we didn't spend a lot of time talking about it good or bad. We just uh decided that it was best to move on and, and go from there. But Yeah, go on yeah, with our eyes, yeah. Yeah, again the show continues to baffle, like it's just it's it has funny moments and then it tries to be earnest it's it's not really pulling off earnest for me um and you know again one of the challenges we face you know we talked about it a little bit uh, when we were talking about discovery earlier like i really am starting to enjoy these characters and who they are and the depth and the nuance and stuff like that i, I don't like who's your favorite character on that show and and if so do you have them like a rank of like oh it's really tough because i like this person and i also like this person like I, on on orville on the orville
2: like probably I, cal Kelly and the,
0: the redhead guy. Oh, Gordon. And Gordon. Yeah. Gordon. Gordon, yeah. yeah he's funny. Gordon's the then, he, he gets the best lines. So, okay, that's fair. But I mean, they, the did, two epi- I they Bortus, did two Bortus. episodes on that was They were not great. Um, Kelly, the I just Doctor find, I, could, I could care less about. The Doctor I'm not a big fan of, but I also am not a huge fan of Penny Johnson um, as a performer. I, I, I would like to say I like Kelly more, but I don't feel like she's a very realized character. She doesn't seem to have a lot of depth to her. Right, yeah. They really haven't yeah. done a great job of, of fleshing her out, which is kind of a shame because I really enjoyed
2: her as an actress on um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, yeah, for sure. I find I find the captain, the captain is, in my opinion, he's very questionable. Like, he doesn't strike me as the things he says and does as someone... It, his behavior is not befitting a, like, I'm not, I not. know it's not Starfleet, but a Starfleet captain kind of character, right? Yeah. You know? And then,
0: like, Lamar, so, they sort of shunted him down to the engine room to be the LaForge, and he sort yeah. of... He gets some good lines, but again, he's not really a very realized character. Like, I just feel like the whole thing, the, my whole issue with the whole show is it, it all seems very superficial. It's like a veneer of Star Trek not Star Trek. So
2: here's my question, here's my question to you, right? If Star Trek Discovery was not on right now, what would you think about the orbital? Like, I mean if, Star, if if it wasn't a thing, if there was a universe where Star I, Trek Discovery didn't exist and you just had the orbital, and thinking and, and keeping in mind this is Seth MacFarlane and he's like, you know, did the the How to Die in the West and he's done the you know, Family Guy and American Dad, you know. I, I think I would
0: still I I would still have had the 25 years since Star Trek Next Generation to reflect on. You know, we've had Battlestar Galactica. We've had great sci-fi series over the last 20 plus years. Even Star Trek Evolved from TNG. I, I think it's just awfully hard to go back. You, you know, it, it's hard to go back in that earnest way. Like lost in space is not the same as lost in space was, you know, 40, 50 years ago. It's hard to go back to that sort of, uh, again, and again, we talked about the galactification of some of these things where, you know, like they go too dark and there was a lot of criticism of the first season of discovery for being too dark after, you know, people mm-hmm. love the hopefulness of star Trek. That's one of the reasons I like star Trek as a, as a world, uh, a built realized, uh, you know, galaxy of, of characters is it's built on the idea that we get past what we are now. We get over our biases to a certain extent. We bond together. We go out. We explore. We try and do better. We try and reach for new things. It's filled with the wonder that um, some shows like Galactica clearly was not filled with wonder. Um, you know, I like that about Star Trek, and there was some of that missing during the first season of Discovery. And I feel like this season sort of has found a little bit better of a balance between that maturity of science fiction storytelling of something like galactica and tied into that wonder of trek i think that's the the fine line that they're walking this season and i think they're doing a good job orville i don't think has really got the depth one way or the other it's it's all wonder with no substance
3: yeah that's the chocolate cake thing or as the um the giant costco you know 12 pack box of craft mac and cheese um it's sort of it's warm and inviting, you know. People, uh,
0: <laughs> it, like is, it. So it is. It's very digestible. It's extremely digestible. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't challenge you in any way. It doesn't really provoke you. Again, it's not. But the thing is, it's, it it isn't what it. It's not funny enough to be a funny show. It's not smart enough to be a smart show. It's not edgy enough to be an edgy show. It's not certainly well not acted enough to be a, a really compelling character show. Like it just feels like it's just short on every checkmark box. Right, right. Yeah,
3: I don't. I don't know how to to go on that. I think I think you had mentioned one or two, maybe a few episodes ago, that it, it probably would have been better served. Uh, funny enough, because we were talking about streaming services as a streaming sort of thing, where they could go harder edged on one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, bigger budget and make it more, you know, Star Trek Discovery, or all right, we're gonna go. Stream Straight up, you know, harder edge comedy that is um stuff you wouldn't normally be able to show on Fox on mm-hmm. a, on a uh, over the air news, uh, sorry, over the air network.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I think, especially when you compare this to something like Million Ways to Die in the West, you know, that was, I mean, it certainly wasn't Blazing Saddles, but it was a good comedy Western because McFarlane was just being, you know, crazy and goofy. But they also stacked that with good actors like Charlize Theron's in that and, you know, like Liam Neeson and the, the, there's some, some hefty to it as well but it's also you know it's just it's meant to be funny and it just sort of mm-hmm. leans into it and does what it does and it's and it works again it's not high art but it's funny this one it just seemed can't can't seem to pick a lane you know there are times where i'm like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and there are times where i'm like groaning because it's just like this is this is not doing it for me on a like the sci-fi stories are are very very familiar they're not really taking me to new places you know i just i feel like i want something more to happen and i can't figure out what what that ingredient is but it's just not there yet and and again I I say that having said I really enjoyed the first season uh, for the most part I feel like it's just the Mm -hmm. second season that just really hasn't found its footing yet I really I think I was looking for more like what we've got with Discovery more growth uh, better realization of the characters some evolution of the the larger world that they live in outside of just the day to day 9 to 5 on the ship stuff Um, it just feels like it's a small slice of a small show with you know a fairly limited cast that I just haven't Fallen in love with yet, which again, I, I'm 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 going to keep with it for a little while longer and sort of see where you know maybe there's still some some rabbits to pull out of the hat, but it's it's just disappointing because I feel like there was some promise and it doesn't feel like it's really found its its footing for me.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm amazed that they spend as much money as they did on the on the, the CGI and the special effects and stuff like that, and yet the writing it's it's kind of akin to what we expect from a George Lucas. It's just it's hard to take as as dialogue and that kind of stuff, you know, just mm-hmm. the storylines. Yeah, well. Let's 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 see how it plays out over the next little while, but Shall we move on to the watch list? Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. All righty, the watch list. Well, I'll go 1st got, got a couple of quick ones here. Um, I keep forgetting of, to mention, of course, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, which is, if you follow Terry Gilliam at all as a director, you'll know that, I don't know, maybe 20 years? For 20 years he's been trying to make this Don Quixote movie. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was, a, there was a movie about the making of the Don Quixote movie and how it lost you know a big chunk of money and ended up being shelled. Well, it's now actually been completed, and it's making its way across europe and playing in different places um, i'm not sure it's supposed to come to north america i don't know if that means like the last movie that he did which i've forgotten the name of but um it, it actually only played in the theater it, it actually was only it was going to go straight to, to to dvd and blu-ray um it did play one night in a theater here in toronto and i made my way down to watch because he's one of my favorite directors but uh what was the other movie f- um that he just did yeah i because i remember uh, i watched that on Three blu-ray was that. that was the yeah, one because with... i lent it to you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Zero theorem. Oh, the zero theorem. Yeah, the, the last movie, the zero theorem. I saw that in the in. The that was theater. good. It was, it was interesting. It was. Um, yeah. It was pretty weird. Christoph
0: Waltz was the the star of that, and he was good. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, again, It was very Terry Gilliam. It was very weird. Uh, weird costumes, weird sets, weird characters. But but certainly like an enjoyable watch. Uh, again, I like his vision. I think.
2: But he wasn't a writer of it, though. He was. He was just a director. Whereas the you know Imaginary or Parnassus which is the movie he was making when um. He Keith Ledger uh, uh, left this left us all. Mm-hmm. Um, he also wrote *Tideland*, which is a weird one from before, where where Jeff Bridges. I think I'm not sure if it really is Jeff Bridges, but he's, he gets taxidermied in halfway through the movie, and so he's just sitting on the couch for the story. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. So. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, that, I'm looking forward to that when it comes out in any shape or form. If it does play in a theatre, I will try and make my way down to watch it um, on the big screen. Um, another another one, uh, you know, we were talking about um, uh, online services here in Canada. The other one we have is Prime Video, which we didn't talk about. Mm, you no, know, so We were true, talking about yeah. Netflix and whatever. Yep. So Prime Video for me is a bit of a hassle because I have to go over and, you know, change cha- change boxes or whatever, and, and uh, so I started, w- I, you know, of course, I watched the Emmys a couple of weeks ago, and... Um, um uh, the marvelous miss Mazel won 5 Emmys, like for mm-hmm. best comedy series the best best actress and a whole bunch of uh, costumes and directing um it's 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 set in the in the uh, late 50s 57 58 59 kind of era uh, she's a stand up comic um and for, of course there's a guy who plays Lenny Bruce in the story as well um it's really really good it's really funny um it's a bit of a stretch in terms of her, her routine but then again i didn't really listen to comics back then and who played Blue and, you know, they talk about uh, people like Red Fox and stuff like that. but it's sort of a imagined story. She's, she's from the Upper West Side. She's a Jewish family. The family's hilarious. Tony Shalhoub is her father. Um, and the mother is a lady from, uh, Two and a Half Men who was married to Joan Cryer's character. Um, she plays the mother. And, um, yeah, it's hilarious. And of course, Kevin Pollock is, is the, is her father-in-law. Um, I'm not going to go into too much of the story, but like, you know, the costuming is amazing. The way they made New York look like that that era, you know, the cars, how bars were. Um, so it's it's I I like I said before I don't I don't often binge shows but this one this one I pretty much binged um, over like maybe four or five nights um, and disappointingly I had to like download the the season two for some reason wouldn't play on my Apple TV or on my on my television I had to actually watch that uh, first couple of episodes on my computer for some reason something about bandwidth it wouldn't play mm-hmm. but uh, yeah I know I definitely recommend uh, if you have the time take a take a look at the marvelous Miss Maisel I think it's going to be a, a, an interesting show we'll see how far how many seasons it goes into but um if i know jonathan you're into stand-up comedy and uh, it'd be interesting to see what your thoughts on it if you get a chance to watch it
0: yeah that one's been so. on my radar for a while i um one of the podcasts i enjoy is called the watch and the watch is a huge supporter of that show and has been pouting it for quite a while so it's always been sort of on my to-do list but uh, again i think as i as evidenced by our conversation earlier i tend to just let amazon prime slip out of my mind they also have some other shows like uh, american and gods I've been meaning to catch up on. And some oh, other is that stuff. on already? Oh, yeah, right. Season 1's already done. Season 2's coming to that uh, later this year, but th- that's another one where, again, it's on Amazon Prime. It's right there. Man in the High Castle is there. There's a few shows that are right, yeah. very well regarded from, from uh, Amazon Studios, but I just haven't... Where's the Good Omens going to show up? Uh, that's a good question. I can't recall which the service is going to have Good Omens. <laughs> yeah, That's another one that should be on the watch list for sure. Oh, definitely, yeah. That sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so for my watch list, this week, I have a couple of things. Uh, so, tomorrow, in our time, uh, the 15th of February, we're going to get the Umbrella Academy is going to drop on Netflix the entire first season. Uh, Umbrella Academy, I think we talked about it a few uh, episodes back um, when they they announced it was coming and showed us a trailer, um, is based on a Dark Horse comic um, written by Gerard Way, uh, the lead singer of um, My Chemical Romance. It is really right. cool, uh, sort of spin on that whole you know special group of kids uh you know raised by a you know headmaster at a school to try and help them you know meet their abilities and that um but it's also sort of it flashes it sort of tells two storylines it tells one in the past about them as children and then one of them as adults now so it's almost a little like it in that way so you sort of see how, how what happens as a child affects what they're like as adults um and lots of really interesting characters it's it's a sort of a, a weird and dark and moody book um so So I'm really curious to see how that translates to TV, particularly on Netflix, where they can push the envelope a little bit and be a little more edgy. So uh, that's definitely... uh, I made a point of finishing up all my previous engagements to make sure that I have time this weekend to sit down and start watching that. Uh, And I can say that because what I did this week was binge Russian Doll. Um, We talked about that. I teased that up as my watch for last week. So uh, I got lucky. I got a lucky break. My beautiful wife did not want to watch Russian Doll with me. uh, So I got to binge it over the course of a few days. It's eight episodes and they're only about 25, 26 minutes a piece. So it's a pretty easy binge. I watched it over the course of a few nights. Um, we talked about it last episode. It's, it's kind of Groundhog's Day ish. The idea is mm-hmm. that basically you're living the same experience over and over again. Um, Natasha Leon plays the lead character. She is basically dying over and over again. And every time she dies, she resets herself back at the moment, uh, at this moment uh, that happens to be at her birthday party. And then she has to go back and sort of retrace how does she get out of this without dying in another weird and uncomfortable way um
2: it's and not to be oh, confused with the movie that's in the theaters right now which is similar plotline, right yeah oh uh, what's a happy death day yeah
0: yeah so this one um it, it's funny because i i saw the trailer for it and i had sort of envisioned it as it says you know in the trailer it's um created in part by natasha leon herself and by amy poehler so i was immediately thinking okay comedy and the trailer does sort of play up the the sort of goofy aspects of the way Ways that she dies in in the first uh, little bit of the series um but it actually it's it's weird it's kind of black mirrory uh twilight zoney at times it actually goes a little bit edgy dark uh weird at, as the series progresses i i would recommend as a science fiction podcast it definitely does transform it, it's got a lot of sort of sci-fi um sort of overtones to it so it definitely fits our our audience's appetites um so i would definitely recommend it as i say it's pretty brief you can watch the whole thing in like three hours um and they do do a really good job and they're 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 pretty pretty well set up to, to do another season of it too so it's it's got potential to sort of really go some interesting places so i i would say check that one out if you're keen uh so the uh,
2: half hour episodes or something or
0: yeah it's it's eight mm-hmm. episodes half an hour not even a half hour piece i think they're like 24 25 minutes so again it's a pretty pretty brisk binge watch um and the other thing that we got today was The trailer went up today for the first season of the Doom Patrol series. And the Doom Patrol series is going to be airing on the WB uh, DC Comics app uh, that is only available in the United States. Thank you very much. Uh, Still no word where it's going to come here. Although, considering Titans, which is also uh, an exclusive for that app in the United States, is now on Netflix here in Canada. I can only hope that at some point we're going to, in the not-distant future, get Doom Patrol. Um, We got Titans Pro probably about maybe a couple months, maybe six weeks after it finished airing in the States. So maybe we'll get that there. The new trailer is about four or five minutes long and it really starts to have a good hard look at at what doom patrol is. Um, One of my favorite comic books from years gone by sort of an even weirder take on the X-Men. Again, it's the whole band of misfits. Uh, Somebody helps to support them. They go and solve these very sort of weird side of the, the uh, DC universe crimes um and so we get a really good look this time at who the characters are and what their abilities are in this trailer and uh and I really hope that that's coming to Canada in the not distant future because always one of my favorites and really really keen keen to see what uh what that whole series is like
2: I
3: have um, something that normally would not have been on my list. Um, I have seen probably like flicking through the different uh, title cards on Netflix. I had seen this um, Christine McConnell's, um, what is her show called? Uh, The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. I thought, oh, okay, it's like a baking thing. She does, you know, spooky kind of um, really good art with the with the baked creations where it caught my attention is she recently did a uh, cross promotion with the folks for Mortal Kombat 11 the video game that came out not so long ago and I was blown away by uh the different treats that she did here uh, I think the one that is probably the title card of this um this particular article was the old school Mortal Kombat like a cake like shaped like the old school Mortal Kombat arcade uh, cabinet with a um, Raiden the thunder god bursting out of it and uh, looking through you could see these um you know, dragon cookies that she did with the mortal Kombat dragon logo and sub-zero in this wintry uh, gingerbread cookie theme and it suddenly got me excited like oh i gotta go find that episode and at least watch that one and, and maybe i'll end up watching the rest of that show if it ends up you know sticking with me hmm. so if you're fan of, of any of those things of uh baking or uh art or you know creepy crawly things and or slash mortal Kombat the video game i'd say go check that out
2: interesting Cool. All right. Well, I guess that's it for the week. So, hey, Jonathan, if people want to get in touch with you, where would they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as at JPK News. All right. And hi if people want to get in touch with you. I'm on Twitter as at Dev the hair. All right. My name is Timitra T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A, on most of the show so- socials, but uh, definitely on uh, Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me. So until next week, or we'll see you in the future. Bye. 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 If you want to find out more about the podcast or see episode show notes, visit the Spockcast website at spotcast.com. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at Spockcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskSpockcast. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount on patreon.com slash spockcast. You can find out details on how to help us out on our website, at spotcast slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we we'll see you in the future.
3: of our three respective cities but hypothetically there is some linear point where a gamma ray or neutrino or something could yeah. blow up at least two possibly all three of our machines so <laughs> yeah depending yeah. how much extra paranoia you want for
2: tonight's like, trek episode, tachyons
0: the tachyons are gonna
3: do
2: it <laughs> well you know it's interesting that you mentioned you bring that up because i was watching you know who you know, do you know who professor brian cox is the
3: name sounds familiar, but I, yeah. I'm grasping so to, to remember. He's a
2: British guy. He's sort of he's sort of taken over for um, Stephen Hawking in terms of being the sort of the, the science guy for the UK, right? And he's a young guy. He's like a, a probably early late thirties, early forties, right? He's actually coming on tour. I'm going to go see him in a few. He's like a Neil deGrasse Dyson kind of guy, but a little bit younger, right? Like super knowledgeable, you know, up on physics and all that kind of stuff. Well, he did this experiment where he went up into the hills, like like up in the mountains or whatever, and he took a, like an aquarium with him, right? And he put, um, I think he put like a heating pad. It was like super cold, so he put a. He, um, was it, it was either he put a heating pad on he, underneath the. No, it was actually, I think he put ice underneath the aquarium, right? Like a block of ice, and then he put he covered the aquarium with like black felt, right? And. He put the can, so he put the can, and then he stuck his head underneath, and he put the camera in there, and you could see between the the heat, the cold, and the hot, you could see little particles shooting down, mm-hmm. right, like little lines, like these little illuminated lines. And he said, "What those are are they're like neutrinos, They're like little tiny microscopic, you know, um, or I mean, barely visible to the human eye kind of things." And, and it was kind of cool. And he says, "He says the theory is that the pi- the primordial ooze that was out there." In, on the, on the planet earth right the D, as it was as the the cell was splitting or as as the plant or whatever was growing a neutrino went through and and split the dna and caused the dna to mutate and that is how they think life started on earth hmm. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> i mean it entirely possible could also wipe out our recordings so <laughs> that's
2: why we have well, i Well, <laughs> I, 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 I know where you're going with it but I'm, but you're you're right it is it, it totally is it totally is possible that that could happen right so Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was like coolest, to, like as soon as that, that, I mean, the light bulb went on for me immediately, as soon as, you, as soon as you told that story, right? But, which is why I remember to tell people that, but I got to figure out what the heat and cold, but it was, it, was, it was like totally a redoable experiment, you know, it wasn't that that mm-hmm. complicated, right? But just the idea that that, you know, a particle flying across the galaxy, just like the, the spore in, that, that went inside of um, Tilly, right? Traveling across the universe could have been what sparked the, the, the original mutation that started life on Earth. All right. Enough about that. There you go. Another one. Cool, Cool. Oh, I got it. I got an emergency alert on my Peel Amber alert. I know. I just got the same thing. Huh. Age 11. Stolen by his father, I guess. Driving a silver Honda Civic. Hmm. That's Mm. interesting. Yeah. We get emergency alerts on our phones now. Yeah.
3: Wait, now? You didn't get them before?
2: No, they just... (laughs) We we got them before,
0: yeah. Well, no. They've only done a a few tests for us, but they've only used it, I think, properly a a few times now. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess, you know, now that we have our uh, neighbors to the south threatening nuclear war with uh, everyone in sight, we should, you know, they wanted to make sure the canadians were also informed that's the mexicans you're talking about right yes that's right <laughs> uh-huh yeah i was surprised last week when because we did miss i get cut off before the end of the episode tim and i were both ready to record we were like okay neither what? of us knows what happened <laughs> so we uh found a online source that was available to help us watch the end of the episode um it was surprising how quickly somebody had uh posted that for viewing Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. What happened in those couple of minutes that you miss? I I forget what the
3: precise end of the episode. So
0: it was the, it was the, so we, we got cut off right when the, my, um, the spores were being released in engineering and, uh, Reno and Stamets were getting, uh, starting on their mushroom trip. And Mm -hmm. so, so it basically stopped with the two of them saying, Hey, wait, what's going on? And then it sort of stopped. And so the whole part where they drug themselves come out of it and realize that, that Tilly's gone was cut off so it oh, wasn't a lot but it was like clearly the, and that portion right was pretty valuable so
3: yeah yeah that, that would be pretty rough having the the sopranos ending to an
0: episode be like wait what, what just happened yeah exactly like it just paid to black like what the what yeah yeah because tim said a note saying damn it cut off the end of my episode and i was watching it delayed because my wife and i were finishing watching a series before i started watching that so i was watching a few minutes behind mm-hmm. him on my PVR, and then i got to the end i was like damn same thing happened to me." <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, Rogers. Thanks, we got Roger. Yes, you've been Roger. Yeah, it's tricky yeah. with this kind of thing because it's it's you know based on a on a thing like like I, I suppose it's the same thing with with more than just code because we're always sort of right right on the tail of uh, of what's going on, right? So. Like inevitably,
3: something. Apple will do something or. Amazing uh, on Saturday, release something. The recording, like, yeah. like that <laughs> night or the very next morning. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Because yeah. I imagine if we moved the day, they would inevitably do the same thing as well.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and it's funny because a lot of the sci fi news, it seems like you don't get quite as much over that span, too, between Friday and, and Sunday. It seems to be a little less busy that way, too. So you sort of get mm-hmm. the week long chance to recap some of the sci fi news, too, which is kind of good. Mm hmm. There was a story today that broke that, uh, that there was a rumor going around that Ryan Johnson was not going to do his trilogy of Star Wars movies, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh crap, that's a thing." And then over the course of the day, eventually he came out on Twitter and said, "Nope, not true. This was just you know a case of somebody getting some bad information." Um, so I was like, "Oh, it's mm-hmm. good. We don't have to talk about something hmm. but Yeah, these things sort of creep up over the course of the day. Are like, uh do we need to talk about this? It,
3: it can be challenging. I default to just tossing it into the links, and then if it turns out by the time we go to record all right just never mind that one that one became a non-issue yeah yeah is, is better than, than trying to like hang on to it in a separate place and then remember to bring it back in yeah
2: all right well i'm going to bed it's yeah late time yep all right all talk right. to you guys next week all right talk to you later see you guys Bye. Bye. bye, bye.